what toys are you looking at? Right now, the reaction stuff. I think I'm going to get a Borg, maybe two Borg, Ooh. and a Guinan. Ooh, the guy, I love the reaction Guinan. What's funny about yeah. it is, like, I didn't think I liked it because it was mostly just purple. Um, mm-hmm. But then I started looking at it, I was like, this is really classy. There's a set on Mercari for, like, 120 bucks. It's not oh, you can get them all. They're still uh, the Wave 1 are all still available individually for MSRP on Amazon. Oh, I so. keep checking I keep checking Target when I go, but I have yet to see I saw one time now that you told me where they're at, I saw they had a Ripley, I think, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um which didn't interest me that much. What? <laughs> I don't know. I, what would I do with it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, these are still like fifteen bucks on Amazon. Why would you buy pay one hundred and twenty yeah. Migo eight inch yeah. Jean Luc Picard with clothes? That's fascinating. Yeah, I am. I, I'm. I am not happy with Migo. So so uh, I like Planet of the Apes. Yeah, toys. Uh-huh. And so I bought. Um, I have some dating back to the Tim Burton movie, and uh, all the way up until now. So I've been collecting the Mego Planet of the Apes reissues that they've been coming out with. And Mego made some deal with Tops, so they didn't put out Taylor, who's the main character, and they didn't put out Zira, who's the second main character. They put out uh uh Cornelius, but they didn't put out Zira. And to get those, you had to you had to buy it from Tops during a one week window like a year ago and I still don't have them. Oh. But you bought them. Yeah. And they just never shipped them. They they every 3 months they send out a thing where they're like, "Sorry, there's supply chain issues and shipping didn't, delays and stuff. We'll get these to you as soon as possible." These were supposed to come out 6 months ago. Didn't Tops or was like, it Tops or Upper Deck that just got sold? I don't know. But like this is a complete I'm and like the way that they did it, they yeah, did tops. that with the Star Trek ones too, because I don't remember what the figures were, but it was like Q and and Worf or something you had to buy from from Tops oh. during that like but like it's like a one week window. It's like it's like crowdfunding because they haven't made the figures yet, and if they don't reach a minimum number of orders, they don't make it. But and, and there's but like the window that you have to buy it is literally a week. And I'm just like, yeah, so I'm, I'm done with Mego. (laughs) Like I'm out. Yeah. Uh, Tops, Tops got bought by fanatics for $500 million last month. Oh, all right. Well, it probably, they'll, they'll lose everyone's orders. (laughs) They'll lose everyone's orders. You won't get your thing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and like at this point, cause they charged my card a year ago. I don't think I can do like a chargeback at this point. No. So yeah, it's. I'm I'm very unhappy with the state of toy collecting in general. I mean, it's pretty so. rough. I I I don't have the wherewithal that you do to try and stick with the things that I even like. Like even Star Wars, I mean, I've I've numbed that down to I don't think I want almost any of it anymore. I I don't want to get into things like Star Trek toy collecting even though these Prodigy toys look really cool. Yeah. I, I just and I understand I don't them be disappointed like all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I understand them going with the five inch. Cause that's the, the, that's the playmate size, um, right? 
Yeah. So, and that's the toy line that most people associate with Star Trek because that that toy line was so much more wildly successful than everything else. Yeah. Well, since we're talking about Prodigy, should we talk about Prodigy? <laughs> yes. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. What a show. It really is. I, I, uh, I think that this is such a great time to watch Star Trek animated shows. I mean, granted, yeah. we don't have a whole lot of previous shows to put this up against, but like <laughs> yeah. two we, really good A-plus shows. I think we have exactly three animated shows of in the Star Trek universe ever. And two of them are right now. Yeah. <laughs> and one, yeah. Of, one of them was 50 years ago and sucked. I won't say. Okay. For the animation of the time, I think oh, that it was it was fine. I think the like, animation I, I, was fine. I think that uh, that no one knew how to act in animation at that point in time. And so... That, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you if you put it up against other mid-70s cartoons, I think that it, hold, that, yeah. Yeah, it holds up. It, it, it was it was a... It was a product of its time. Okay. That I you are being more fair and I agree with being more fair. <laughs> I just don't like it now, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh yeah. No, I don't I don't think I think most I think that, that animation got better in the early eighties. Uh, definitely. And then uh that continued cartoons from the eighties and nineties were just plain better than cartoons in the 60s and 70s i mean like the the actual animating was better the acting was better they they tried harder to write scripts better um which as the that time went on as we got into the 80s later into the 80s and and into the 90s they would even like when you get to shows like gargoyles they they have very long story arcs that uh are written by uh, really good high quality comic book writers yeah and that was just not the case in like children's animation in the 60s and 70s it was it was a lot of short one-off stuff or very very inexpensive writing and animating i agree entirely with that and and honestly if we didn't have that moment where people realized i eh, <laughs> i don't want to give anything to ronald reagan but <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that you could connect toys and cartoons together that started with the He-Man era, right? Uh, yeah. Really got going in the 80s due to more relaxed regulation on children's television. Yes, and, exactly. And when there was more money in it, everyone had to try harder. And when everyone I has agree. to try harder, it's actually somewhat better for for the market, right? Um, yeah. So maybe there's a roundabout bonus there. I don't know. What what we have today doesn't sell toys. What we have today sells subscriptions. And boy, does it sell it now. And so the quality, I would say, in this stuff is even better than the 80s. I really think so. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, I, I, um, I intentionally... Paramount Plus makes it so easy to get free months that uh, I very rarely actually have to pay to subscribe to it. But uh, I intentionally didn't look for a coupon code or anything when this came back in January because I wanted them to know that I was willing to pay for this show. Which I, it looks like everything is getting renewed, so I'm I'm glad that they 
that they are getting the message. Uh, yeah, I would be shocked if this didn't get renewed. Uh, it's This has been renewed for another season already. I want to say Lower Decks has been renewed for three and four already. Yeah, Lower, Lower Decks has three and four coming. Um, yeah. They pre-bought so am, them so that they I could keep happy. in production, I think. The, yeah. the idea for Paramount Plus is the same idea that Disney has going now of they need a rotating schedule of the thing people are actually watching. And it seems like on Paramount Plus, the thing people actually are watching is Star Trek. And that's a shocking thing to say for me. Because until Discovery showed up, the Star Trek universe was like on its last legs, man. That last movie did not perform well. And I'm not judging it as a product. Uh, I'm just saying it didn't perform well. It did not get good critical reviews. It did not perform well at the box office. You know, it just didn't do well. And that that splinter universe with the Kelvin timeline kind of drove fans down in terms of their participation and discovery didn't catch right away. Uh, it has since found a diehard fan base that I don't know that I'm a part of. We'll talk more about that later, <laughs> but these shows and Picard seem to be proving that their numbers are good enough that they need to start keeping things in year round production. Well, that that's obviously the strategy now because uh, we had lower decks, and then uh, I I don't remember if there was a gap or not. But then, like sometime in the fall, they started up Discovery, and then uh, they started up Prodigy, and then uh, had a little break, and then they came back, and then it was like Prodigy started up again, and Discovery started up again, and Picard starting in like a week or two. Yeah. And then that'll get you to Prodigy. I mean, not Prodigy. Uh, Lower Deck season three. Uh, you know, pretty much in the summer. And so, yeah, it's it's clearly that they want to keep. They they want to have uh, amongst all of their shows combined. They want to have fifty two weeks of new, or they're close to that. You know, fifty weeks or whatever yeah. of new content. You know, five ten episode seasons a year or whatever strategically placed so that you just keep subscribing yeah i don't know that that's the best way to watch it these prodigy episodes being in five episode arcs if you watched the justified five episode arcs in like a weekend or something i think you'd be pretty happy because they are they oh, yeah. flow so well together they do and i i have watched them both ways because when this when this was but when both of them were coming out both the first five and the second five uh, I watched them weekly as they came out, and then at the end, I rewatched them all within like a 24-hour period. They're not—I mean, five 22-minute episodes doesn't really take that long. No, they—they um, they do work really well as as a bingeable show. But I mean, I—I I, I wasn't gonna—I looked forward to this a lot. Like uh, during—I don't remember when it started up. I think it was in January, but like during yeah, it January, it was like. Yeah, it was like Wednesday morning, watch Boba Fett. Thursday morning, watch uh, Prodigy. And I, I I, always look forward to this coming out. I was a little bit disappointed that we only got the five and we didn't have another another story arc after this. I, right had, away, so. I had two disappointments and that was one of them. It was like, man, I wish this was longer. <laughs> yeah. Not that the they needed to drag anything out, but like much in the same way as the Nickelodeon style avatar shows you're kind of just ready for the next thing you're like oh okay cool so that's what they're going to go do next i want to yeah. see that 
Right. And that's the sign of a good show. When you get to the season finale and you're like, that was really good. I can't wait for the next episode. That's a that's a really good sign for this show. For any show, but this show, I think, definitely has that. Well, you want to talk about and the again, episodes? I just, yeah. I, I, again, I think that, I think that uh, a really good way to describe the show is thematically and structurally very similar to Avatar. Not not the sci-fi movie, but the the Nickelodeon cartoon. I think uh, I think you have to limit. Yeah, you have to limit how comparative that is because Avatar has a lot of cultural stuff that this does not have. Right, but I mean, um, I think that I think that if you want to give somebody a one sentence description of this, you could you could say like it's it's Avatar. It's very much like Avatar, but set in the Star Trek universe, which I think they were doing sort of intentionally. And I think that if you if they hear that and they go, oh, yeah, that doesn't sound like something that I want to watch, then it probably isn't something that you want to watch. But I think aesthetic and tone for sure to you. Yeah. It, it, but if that sounds good to you, then then you're probably going to love this show. Sure. If you liked Avatar, you would like this show. No question. Um, yeah. I don't know if I was doing a, a one a one sentence elevator pitch that I would use Avatar in my pitch. For, it's it just has I'm that tone. Like the, the t- right the 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 tone um kind of the structure of like the the different uh it's aimed at at sort of that nick tween age yeah. Yeah. but can be enjoyed by adults, adults for sure uh because the the writing is really good the main characters are all that sort of like 11 to 15 year old age they all got yeah. kind of thrown together that that was what i meant by by yeah. the avatar comparison. oh it definitely has that avatar um the group feel right like you care you care obviously about ang a lot in avatar um they make they make it so the story is is centered around him much differently this one does not center i don't think dal or gwen are the main character now i thought they were gonna do that but maybe not um but the group starts to be what you care about especially once uh Zuko joins the group. You really get to the point yeah. in, in Avatar that you're like, I care about all of these people making it, yeah, together. Well, and right? and I think that Gwen and and Prince Zuko are very similar type character types. Where you know they're uh, a teenager who's going to inherit, you know, their role from a from powerful father figure who hasn't really maybe given them the best parenting and. Uh, but now they do join the good guys. And so yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of comparisons there too. Interesting to have front loaded her fire Lord moment into the first season, huh? Yeah, very, definitely. Very cool. Um, yeah, <laughs> we can find out later. She has some sort of evil twin brother or something. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, she's a, she's a, she's a clone, right? She is a like clone. She was, she was made in a lab. So there's nothing to say that, that, uh, he didn't clone that himself. The diviner again. couldn't, yeah. Couldn't have made another one. I, so, Oh man, we're going to start getting into the story stuff. Cause I'm starting to think about things <laughs> that it's, we got to get into the story stuff. Cause Gwen's story, by the time you get to the end and the diviner's story and, Oh man, Whoa, what a, tr- yeah. what a twist, what a twist stuff, what a twist, then a twist, then a twist. There's three in a row yeah. and you're like, Whoa, Whoa, slow down. <laughs> Yeah, the the last two episodes of this arc are really really good. The last and episode really blew great. me away. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, well, wow. Let's, let's get into it. All right. Let's jump into Kobayashi. 
Mr. Kobayashi. No, the Kobayashi. Yeah, I, I felt like <laughs> I felt like like this season or this this five episode arc really started off strong with this episode because uh, um, I, well, I guess obviously spoiler warning. We're going to talk about Prodigy episode six through ten. Episode six, Kobayashi. They are they discover the holodeck. They're they're Janeway. given the holodeck by Janeway to try and help them work together. Yes, but that that happens kind of later, right? Doesn't Murph find the holodeck, and they they go in there, and then Janeway explains what it is, and then um, uh, Doll picks a program at random, which is the Kobayashi Maru, which yeah. Star Wars fan or Star Trek fans will probably immediately recognize as the unwinnable situation that has shown up many many times in different originally really originally introduced as a character building moment for spock and kirk right um in right yeah in the original where where kirk they ever tell you that there's an unwinnable test that's supposed to teach you about how to lose and how to do the best you can as a captain when you know you can't win and uh Kirk basically says, I don't believe in no win scenarios, so I changed the parameters of the test. And everybody else says, no, you cheated. And he says, I changed the parameters of the test. And that's the long-running joke. Uh, I think the Kobayashi Maru has been used well most of the time when reintroduced in other situations. And it's done so here as well. I, I agree. Doll's Doll doesn't know that it's a no-win scenario <laughs> when he starts doing it. And... So he, I think he get he doesn't like losing, and so very much like in Lower Decks with Boimler just continually redoing the Borg mission over and over and over again to try and improve his score. Dahl, sort of the other way around, just keeps repeating the test over and over and over again, trying to succeed at it, not realizing that he can't, and like goes to some really preposterous lengths and even even does a Janeway maneuver where he ejects the he overloads the warp <laughs> yeah, core and he love, it at the Klingons. I love that we got a Janeway maneuver in this show, which is technically yeah, kind of a too. sequel. Uh, basically revealed here at the end of all this, which we'll get to to be a sequel to Voyager. Very much so, I think, is their intention. Um Yeah. I thought that was great. I thought it was great that we got a different version of Kirk. He's not trying to cheat the parameters of the test, but he is trying to cheat the test where he's using his notes basically to know quote unquote, what's going to happen next. Right. So he does things like right. pre shoot at cloaked ships or, you know, like, yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the fun things that this enables is that um, since he's on the holodeck and not doing the Kobayashi Maru at the Academy where you pick your crew and bring your crew into the test, uh, to use a real crew that would react at a real time. He's using holodeck characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so eventually he 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 starts to lose the point of the test, which is to try and work together as a crew, and he kicks out his real crew like Jenkum Pog. He, he kicks him off the bridge because he says, you don't believe in me, so I'm going to get a better engineer. And Scotty shows up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, when, I love when he's like, oh, that sounds really dangerous. We can't go into the into the um we can't go save the ship uh because it might start a war and then uh odo is like we got to go help him and yeah and keeps badgering him until finally he's like all right let's go in there and he's like all right but that's the demilitarized zone and we might start a war and he's like you just told me to go in 
<laughs> I love that they used um, sound clips from all the bridge crew. Yeah, they they yeah, they acted I, them out using all their sound clips from other shows. Yeah, I thought it was a nice touch that they that they had the note at the end about uh, many of the members are no longer the actors are no longer with us, uh, like uh, Scotty and Spock and uh, Odo. Yeah. yeah. So th- and they had like a little call out yeah. at the end. That, that, that was, and that was nice. It was beautiful. Yeah. So you got great bridge members like Odo and Spock and Scotty and. Uh, all sorts of great ones that came through. Yeah, um, really, really a pretty good cross section of of uh, of the different classic shows. Yeah, it, interesting to try and teach Dal, and, and this one really blew my theory away that Dal wasn't going to end up the captain because this one shows Dal that he is not a good captain, and the the two for two reasons. One, he has to accept that things are not in his control because he's not a kid that can just you know fake his way through it and win and two that he didn't treat his crew well right yeah and didn't didn't listen to him didn't take yeah didn't take their advice yeah and just because no one just just because no one wanted to be the captain uh doesn't mean that he's a good captain right and i liked that uh i don't remember what boimler got when he beat the borg mission but it was like you know 68 percent or something but like when they they give um doll scores at the end the first time that he takes it it's like three percent uh leadership three percent uh yeah (laughs) it's like ridiculously low scores (laughs) pretty good yeah um and then you get another doll episode right away they really on the back half of this tried to start you off by like understanding him a little better which i'm happy about because the first half of the season i was just like i don't care yeah um so yeah and i like i like that we have the little scene with gwen and at the beginning uh, that we have the little scene with Gwen and uh, Zero where she's talking about how she doesn't belong anywhere and how rough it is that uh, she's trying to deal with her father basically choosing the ship over her. Yeah. And uh, they they have like a really good bonding moment there. And then we learn that Murph can eat anything and survive yes. and, in a pretty funny scene <laughs> where <laughs> where like – uh, I like Rock Talk comes in and is and is like so hypothetically like what would happen if you ate I, f- I forget what what he ate but it, but it was something that like was a like a whole pack of grenades yeah <laughs> it's just like okay I did think it was also really interesting that when Dahl is doing the the attempts he has like over sixty attempts I don't know how many he actually got to but like he he's just got dozens and dozens of attempts and it really sets his character and reminds you that that was sort of what he did to try and escape. You know, he's like a bulldog, right? Like he just will not stop until he is able to successfully figure out how to figure out the problem, which uh, will come into play uh, later in, in this season, but also uh, I'm sure uh seasons down the line i'm sure that this will be a very important character trait for him that he he in a very galaxy quest uh sense uh will never give up and never surrender and will just keep going until he figures out how to how to win i i I agree with you they change the parameters of that later on in this during the finale where it's like he's not gonna just try to win 
without a plan, right? Like when they right. are offered the chance to go to Starfleet or the chance to save people. And he's like, well, maybe we should just go to Starfleet, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. The next one was about the Ferengi smuggler, Nandi. Yes. Nandi. Uh, Nandi. Who, who raised Dahl, um, which I think, I think it's very interesting on the rewatch. I didn't, I didn't really think about it the first time through, but on the rewatch, it really, it it really cements how how similar of upbringings Gwen and Dahl had because they were both raised. Dahl was raised by Nandi, who is a, a con woman. You know, really just sort of used him. They they even mention it at the end of the episode that she sold him to the diviner to cover debt. Uh, yeah, and and like they how they both were raised by just terrible parental figures and used as as children um i thought that that was i think i think that it seemed like they were totally different figure or characters gwen and and doll were totally different characters at the beginning of this series but as we go along it seems like they have more and more in common with their upbringing they're also they're also uh when they were raised, they were, they were, Dahl doesn't know what species he is. And Gwen thinks she's the last of her species. And they were raised without any one of their species, their own age, anywhere around, um, which, uh, you know, you can think of as being very isolating. Uh, I think that they have a lot of very similar situations in their upbringing and that that will probably lead to uh, shared team building experiences later on. Yeah, it's it's uh, shared trauma almost, right? Yeah. Especially when the happy-go-lucky doll realizes the twist later on of like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, you lost me. And she keeps saying, oh, I lost you. I can't believe I lost you. And then later on, it's like, no, dude, I sold you. <laughs> yeah. It, and And both of them, both the Diviner in this season and Nandi in this season, are both not only in the past were were rotten parent figures, but are actively still being rotten parent figures yeah. and literally choosing whatever whatever they want over their wards. Right. Like so in this one they she convinces them to try and try and and then ends up forcing them to violate the prime directive to steal a crystal for her own yeah. purposes. And then uses the crystal to uh you know try and betray them leaves them on the planet to get killed by the civilization of sand worshipers or what i don't know what you call them. yeah uh but they, you know uh, it's a pretty light episode in terms of the story and that's i think we found last five episodes there was at least one that was like okay this one's just about like this segment of backstory and a very light story yeah they they have somebody, maybe Rock Talk. Somebody says when when Gwen figures out that they use the frequency of the, the vibrations to make vibrations, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like harmonics. Uh, I think Rock Talk says like, oh, they're like we should call them the Harmonites or something like that because it, it's something like that. I can't I can't remember what the term is, but oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they use uh, they use the crystals. Yeah, Nandi steals one, tries to trade him a worthless friggy bedpan for one of the crystals that she needs to pay off some gambling debts. And then 
takes off with it, which really ticks them off and uh, seems to cause them physical pain for non-corporeal, seemingly non-corporeal beings. And Dahl ends up sticking his comm badge. They, earlier in the episode, they were they were goofing around with uh, the tele. Oh the, yeah, uh, that, teleporting cool. stuff and figuring out how it works. It's really and cool then, that so, they remember stuff like that. Like little, yeah. I mean, obviously it was written into the episode on purpose, but like just that little tiny things. They t- just they they remember them, and it's super cool to me that they. I don't know. They stick them in there. That happens later on. Yeah. Yeah, they they earlier on in the episode they're figuring out how to how to use the teleporter. Uh, they decide that since Murph seems nigh invulnerable, that they will stick a comm badge on him and beam him, and he ends up yeah. on the like sliding down the windshield on the front of the ship, and <laughs> and uh, but but Murph's okay, and then uh, <laughs> so then later on, Dahl sticks the the com his own comm badge when he's when he's wrestling with nandi over the the last crystal uh crystal yeah. he sticks his comm badge onto it so that when she ditches him and leaves they can beam it back because she doesn't realize that the comm badge is on yeah. there but then she steals and, their chimerium yeah which i guess will come back some point next season or something i don't know yeah. or <laughs> I, or I like it'll be when, related when, to the uh why the, all that chimeriums there will be related to the uh, twist at the end you know yeah I, I i like how um, as she's like getting onto the ship, she's like, "You left your shields down. It's like you were asking me to steal it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of we got a lot of good Ferengi callbacks. Yeah, um, with this like show does a lot of good callbacks. Yeah, I mean, I think the previous episode there was a callback to uh, the the fire everything quote. You know, from yeah. Dahl is a is a callback also. Fire everything. Yeah. From uh. Yeah. From Nero. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff in the show. I, okay. I'm. Is this I'm, the episode where Chakotay is revealed? I don't. You know, I was trying to think about that. I can't remember. It's. I it's wrote somewhere it in my in note here. for the last one, but I think, I think we do because Janeway, at some point, the Janeway hologram realizes that she doesn't have that her memories have been erased. Yeah, and so then she like goes back. She and it's got to be Gwen here because in the next look ep- in the logs it's got it's got to be in this one or the previous one because by episode eight she starts a log so that she doesn't lose her memories again yeah but yeah we we learned that that uh chakotay was the captain captain. of the protostar before it got lost and ditched on the asteroid and that dreadnought was involved in that is part of that memory right yeah, she sees him through the like the door is opening and behind like she says something like we're being boarded and then like the, the door opens and you can see him when she magnifies it. I so, felt a little yeah. strange about the fact that Chakotay had Janeway as a hologram on his ship. Yeah. I'll, yeah, that does seem that is interesting. Right? I Isn't wonder, that a little strange? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I guess unless unless they decided that Janeway is just the training hologram, you know, like, like how in Voyager, the, the doctor is the same doctor in first contact. So like that, that's right. just the template of that's how the they look and talk. Template. Yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe the, maybe the, although she wouldn't be training Chakotay. So I don't right. know. Yeah. Yeah. But she says but to I, Dreadnought, I remember you later on in this. Yeah. It's like, okay. I don't but know. Maybe she's just the template for all the, um, yeah 
helper holograms on all of the ships at, at this point in time. So cool. Episode eight. Hey, did you did you oh. notice that they had a um I think it's at the beginning of the sixth episode that they had a star date? No, I missed that. Yeah, in one of the episodes they have a star date, so we can actually I didn't I didn't think about it until it yeah. was too late, but I, um we can actually I guess figure out exactly when this show It's five years after set. Voyager. I figured that okay. out. Uh Alrighty. between this time and that and the last time we talked. It's five years after Voyager. Okay. Which is crazy considering the ending. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, well, she must have gotten a promotion. So in episode eight, uh, we find out that the Diviner can hack the replicator on the Protostar. Oh, yeah. So this is the this is the time. time yeah, the temp- episode. temporal time phasing. Which yeah, was they fly through a cool tachyon storm. It's a tachyon it, storm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and it and it messes up. There's a there's some kind of an explosion. And it creates a time ripple where all of the crew members are at different, they experience time at a different rate. So, and Zero figures out that based on their proximity to the origin of the blast, they have alternating, it's like a sine wave and they have alternating experiences uh, of time. uh, Right. So Jankum's the closest, his time flies by, the next is Rock Talk. And yeah. but because she was second best, time is incredibly slow for her, and it goes fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, slow through the through the crew. But they can't communicate or interact with each other other than they each have a version of Janeway available. Janeway is apparently able to phase herself yeah. through the time periods. Yeah, and adjust her adjust her timing so that. So yep. that she can exist in all all uh, five simultaneously, yep. and then works with all of them to uh, figure out a way because the ship is going to explode. the 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 ultimate end is that the the core is going to explode. I think the, something's yeah, going to happen, and the, and the, and the ship's going to explode. The proto star something on the proto star containment is fail has failed. Yeah, and, and they, they only have, have a certain amount of time, but because the time, like, Jankum's is like a minute, but uh, Rock Talk has years, years to teach herself uh, physics and engineering and computer programming and that's figure big, out how to yeah. do everything. So that's the big reveal is that um, uh, Gwen finds out how to fix the problem, but she doesn't have enough time. So she works right. on a plan. Dahl tries to enact the plan but doesn't have enough time to finish it because he can't find a part that uh when he's a- she's a uh who's able to oh dreadnought is able to find the part because he's been replicated on the computer yeah um and so once all the information makes it back to rock talk she's able to finish all the parts and plans because everybody has it but the big reveal at the end which you already said is that rock talk is alone for years yeah, which, how rough. I mean, because oh she was For, the one who was, who eight, was so right? lonely. Yeah, and was was so lonely and was like, just so happy to have people. When she was taken, she was so young, she didn't remember anything else and was just so happy to be around other people. And now she's stuck for years, basically yeah. in solitary with a stuffed animal and, a, and the Janeway. And she didn't even, the rough part is that she turned off, she got mad at Janeway and turned her off. Yeah. At the beginning. And then she had to teach herself computer programming to figure out how to turn Janeway back on. To yeah, un she had to change stuff to bring Janeway back and it took her months. Yeah. 
Oh man. Yeah. So how how rough for Rock Talk? I mean, it changes her character a thousand percent. Uh, and we get the thing that you and I talked about last time, which was I don't I didn't like that it seemed like they were using physical markers and stuff like that to design what characters were going to be and rock talk and the characters told rock talk that she was big. So therefore she was the security officer and she said she didn't like that, but it was kind of too bad. And, uh, and then this moment happens and the respect the crew has for like, how long was she alone? What did she learn? Like she, she knows the ship and like, engineering and software programming and all that stuff inside out by the time she comes back and brings everybody back the show says finally the thesis which is okay this is not how it's going to be which is cool yeah yeah they definitely set that up uh to kind of rope a dope us and then (laughs) (laughs) get our expectations set and then be like nope we got you yeah it was good. It was a rope dope that I knew I saw come in and I was like, yeah, punch me. Yeah. And I also, I, I really liked that uh, at the beginning of this episode, they, Janeway's using the, the um, holodeck to train them. And she gives them a literal holodeck representation of the chicken, the fox and the grain where you, you have to, you can only take one on a boat across the river. You have to get all three across the river and you can only take one at a time. Yep. And you have to figure out the order in which to take them. So that, cause like if you leave the Fox with the chicken, the Fox will eat the chicken. If you leave the chicken with the grain, the chicken will eat the grain. And I, I like that. I like that we got like a, a holodeck version of that riddle, which is a, a very famous uh, riddle that a lot of people have probably heard in the past. I had, I had heard it in like grade school yeah, and then they have to figure that out, and then that leads directly into uh, the the things that they learned from that apply to this sort of scenario where they have to figure out without talking to each other how to use the different uh, each of them in their different uh, time area to try and yeah solve so the was, problem so that they don't all blow up. It was zero in the middle of that training program is what. They they all kind of break down as a team, and Zero stays behind to try and figure it out. And she's the one; she screams, "I think I've got it!" Right as the explosion happens, but nobody else is around. Uh, <laughs> so of course, when it comes to this, she's also the one that develops the plans for the containment fix. But she knows yeah. she has to just leave them in the computer because her time is also one of the very short times. Yeah. Um, so she can't solve it, but she can leave it in the computer. It's very cool. It's a very cool episode. Very good use of time-related stuff that they don't try and get too deep into. Yeah. very. This, this episode in particular felt very much like, with, like something that would have happened on one of the old syndicated 90s shows. Yeah. Like, because they had so many one-offs where there was some weird anomaly going on that they had to figure out by the end of the episode. And uh, this just sort of felt like, like one of those classic formula episodes of like next gen. And uh, very, very much in the guise of that taking that formula and just adding the tiniest bit of the continuing story where dreadnought should. Yeah. Yeah. And that is well, and the, I wondered, that's the magic right there, right? Yeah. And so since you brought up Dreadnought, do you think... So clearly we know 
I'm pretty sure at this point we know already that that uh, about Chakotay being the captain and that Dreadnought was coming through the door. Yeah, because this is the episode where Dreadnought shows up and she says, "I know you." Right. So, it like, I don't know. So when we get to the when we get to the end of episode ten, remember this mechanism because I'm wondering if if uh, the diviner ended up taking over the ship by putting a virus into it that took over the vehicle replicator that made Dreadnought, and then that's how the ship got taken out. Mm. Yeah. He just made Dreadnoughts? Or or just one that was able to um, take over the ship. Yeah. But because we learn, we learn later at the end of episode 10 that uh, that he knows how to make a that he's pretty savvy with computer programming and he knows how to make um, viruses that will affect Federation computers. So I wonder, in the rewatch, obviously I didn't catch this the first time that I was watching it, but after having seen the the finale and then rewatching this, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's how uh, they were able to get the ship. Yeah, I imagine that has to be something related to that i i wondered a lot about why they keep why dreadnought kept calling him diviner uh i think yeah. we got the answer at the end right when we find mm-hmm. out the twist so we can get there but i wanted yeah. to know if uh you had a different opinion about why uh, he calls him the diviner yes uh, i so we- you know i i have been trying to just this morning, I was trying to work that out uh, after I, rewatching this. So I think I have the answer, but we have to get through the last episode to talk about it. Okay. Uh, we should just do nine and ten together because it's just one long episode. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, so did, did you have anything else about um, no. the time one? Yeah. No, no. Okay. I liked it. <laughs> it was yeah, one of my favorite ones. Too. It, was, it might it be was my really... favorite one. I really like the yeah. finale, but it might be my favorite. Yeah. Uh, and I liked yeah, it. I, I liked it because I didn't have to... It was enough story about the main story to keep me interested in the main story, but like I didn't have to think outside the episode. I just got to watch the characters become a a crew more, and that's one of the things that happened on Next Gen all the time, is yeah. that the crew worked together and you saw them work together and how they work together, fail sometimes, succeed at other times. Who starts to develop relationships with who? It's just missing in so much else these days. Yeah. And that, and that goes back to your avatar thing, you know, like Zuko got along with certain characters better than others, you know? Yeah. Uh, when he joins the team and that's just is how life is. And it's lacking in so much of the other shows. Right. Yeah. The, the personal connections and the, the relationships and the interactions. Yeah. Which I, well, we can talk about it when when we talk about other stuff later. But uh, <laughs> I feel like I, I I feel like okay. Well, I'll I'll just briefly we can come back to it in more detail. But like I very just really briefly, I feel like that's a direct result of them making the episodes all have this gigantic galaxy wide threat that has to be solved. And they're always in crisis mode, and there's no, there's never an episode of 
of Discovery where it's just like the doctors going on vacation or, you know, some weird mold or fungus has has infected the gel packs and they have to they have to figure it out because the ship's not working right. You know, it's always like this star is going to explode and uh, or, you know, this. I'm trying to think. Just, I don't know. It, it just it feels like they can't ever work that stuff in because they're gigantic crisis that they have to figure out. And so they don't have enough adequate time within the episodes. One of the one of the thoughts to, I had to work about, on this stuff. One of the thoughts since we're on it, one of the thoughts I had about Picard. And we may find differently in the second season. I don't know. Galaxy spanning events probably happen you know more than we would think but also less and so picard starts at the end of the tail end of this gigantic crisis that we don't ever get to see unless you read the book and that is a thousand times more interesting than than bouncing off of this gigantic galaxy-wide crisis that does occur and changes the fate of the romulan empire and everybody else and yet, all we have to do is run around the galaxy looking for data because some sort of alternate dimension uh, monster is coming. And it's going right. to destroy yeah. the universe with his AI. And it's like, okay, I guess. But also, like, if you're doing this every week, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't happen in this show. I mean, there's definitely a threat to the Federation at the end of this. But who knows how big that threat is, you know? Right. Yeah. And their problem this entire time has been how to rescue 15 people, you know, or 20 people or however many miners there are. Like, that's their big thing. It's like, how do we rescue ourselves, yeah. this ship and the I feel, miner? I feel like it's more than that. I, I don't know if they ever give a number, but I felt it was at least in like. Oh, yeah. They know, just don't, they don't animate very many 200, of them. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. But let's let's hop into Moral Star because that that will lead into uh, one of the things that that I loved in this episode. So or in, uh, in these two episodes, do you love that that is a play on words? The so, title, yeah, a moral star, right? Uh, first of oh, all, oh yeah, a moral and a right. moral, and so you get two two different versions of what's happening here. What what the diviner is doing is amoral and what uh doll and his crew are doing is trying to be the moral on the proto star right the moral star yeah 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 this is and i feel like they actually put in way more effort into the into the titles of these episodes than you would expect because in episode seven it's first contact but it's con hyphen tact because it's a con like it's a because nandi's a con man or con woman so like yeah uh, I thought that that was, I thought that that was very interesting. I like but that. yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's a good point. I had not caught that before, but yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's a cool little thing. So, uh, Dreadnought, uh, his replicant displays a message from the Diviner, uh, says, uh, "I'm a bad guy, but you should believe me. I'll free the miners." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I know. I even wrote that as a note when I was going through this the first time, like. Are they going to trust the diviner? Do they think that he's going to keep his word? Like once he has the ship. I am so happy because I wrote down in the middle of this episode. What did I write this down in episode nine? Why do people never plan for the bad guy to be bad? Was my note. And then, and then the next note is, Oh wait, 
comma nice exclamation point yeah because it happens and i think the show is saying that it happens so often it's like it happened in discovery season three like oh we gotta trust the big bad uh orion syndicate woman she's definitely telling the truth i'm gonna beam over like Tilly yeah. trusts her because I have no choice. It's like you do have a choice. Make a plan for the bad guy to be bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. So in so I take notes as I'm watching so the first I. time and yeah. then I go back and add some more notes later. And so first time through, uh my second note is are they going to trust the diviner? Is he going to keep his word? And then three notes later, uh it is curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> Which is yeah. one of my favorite lines from uh, from um, uh, is that is that the movie or is that I can't remember if it's if it's Firefly or, or Serenity, but uh, Wash says that and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's from the show. I'm, I don't yeah. think that's from you. Curse your sudden pretty but bad inevitable bad. betrayal. Uh, that's why he's yeah, playing it with the line. dinosaurs, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the first time you see Wash in the show. Yeah, he's playing with dinosaurs yeah. on the bridge. Um, man, yeah. what a show. I my first note actually wasn't that my first note was I don't like these uniforms. Oh yeah, I, we, JJ well, and I know. did a whole episode of this podcast about uniforms, and I landed on the fact that the original series uniforms to me make some of the most sense because uh, in a situation on a, on a starship where you need to know who's who and things are exploding and whatever, uh, it, it makes some sense to have color coded uniforms. Right. Um, these technically had color striping. Uh, but it's hard I think, to tell. It's yeah, very subtle. It's very subtle. I don't think they're the worst uniforms. They remind me of the Enterprise a little bit, but I, I wish they were a little better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, agreed. Also, I wish Dreadnought had more to do. <laughs> yeah. Except be the message boy. <laughs> what, you don't just like him lurking in the back being like, this is a bad idea. Don't he's, trust her. He's a glorified remote control. <laughs> I mean, the, the, <laughs> the diviner says, turn on the, what do they call those little robots? I don't remember. Oh, uh, yeah. The sentry guys. Yeah, yeah the sentry like like, Turn them off. Yeah. Turn them on. Do this. Do that. Operate the computer. Yeah. He's just like a, a little remote control. I wish he was like him kind of a little bit more of his own <laughs> character. It's like a, it's like a Echo Dot mixed with a Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. If only the Echo Dot had red eyes, I guess. Yeah. So they get the message that they have to trade the ship for the. Hey, if the you don't come back, I'm the, gonna kill all the miners. You gotta come yeah, back. Yeah. The the what's the term? The unwanted. Yes. The smart term for the for them to have come up with for like that because uh yeah it's 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 really good thematically with what they're doing in the show. Yeah. And uh, but so Dahl says. I don't want to go back. I spent my whole life trying to get out of there or five years or whatever, trying to get out of there. I don't want to go back. It's the most which, believable thing I've ever heard in a Star Trek show. Right. And, and zero is like, I don't want to be used as a weapon again, which, uh, we learn at the end of this arc, uh, exactly what zero is talking about. Yeah. But I, I liked, um, I liked that, that they, I thought it was really smart of the show to have everyone vocalize exactly why they didn't want to go back before they decide that it's their duty to go back because they can't just abandon these miners. 
Well, they can't abandon themselves, right? Like one of the things right. that it really plays out towards the end of this is like, yeah, we have to do it. But if we're gonna do it, we have to not be us. We have to be. We have to be a crew, a Starfleet crew. Otherwise, we're not gonna succeed. Right, and then and then they get together and they work as a team, and everybody talks and adds to the plan, and you can see how far they've come in nine episodes. I, yeah, this it's uh i i really like that that they're that they are they have come together everybody everybody contributes everybody's got a part uh to play and they you know they know they can trust each other and yeah i i i was very happy with that that scene as a whole i liked i liked that you knew that they had a plan and they they were planning for some betrayal right right uh like when when they're acting because the the power has gone out and doll's like you can stop acting now (laughs) he's gone they're they're gone and then they get down to the thing and they're like ah man why do you shoot out the power that was not part of the plan like yeah like well and then he takes he decides to to alter the deal and he has to take gwen with her yeah with him yeah which kind of throws a wrench in everything everybody's plan Mm -hmm. yeah and I, I liked Gwen saying, no, I can do this. Um, I need to make up for before. I, I don't remember if it's exactly that point or not, but at some point in this episode, she says, I need to make up for the fact that I stood by while all of you guys were being taken. Yeah. Like when little kids were being delivered to us as slaves, I knew it was wrong and I stood by and did nothing. And I need to atone for that. And And her father, quote unquote, Right. Uh, he never calls her a daughter because she's not his daughter. Uh, and to to sorry to link this, Gwen's redemption is audibly explained in a terrific way. We understand that she feels terrible about what she did and that that's why she's doing what she's doing. That is really well done. And uh, as I said earlier, I was watching this simultaneously with the the book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. I really wish that we would have gotten a one or two sentence line like this in Book of Boba Fett to explain why his character changed so radically. Yeah. And I feel like that's a real shortcoming of that show as opposed to this where they nailed it right on the head where they're like, Gwen, Gwen feels driven to act and to make it amends for her previous inaction. And I thought that that was a really important character development moment and it, like it didn't even take any time it just took you know uh one one sentence it, but uh, like it, it took, was so well done it took i'm sure it took a lot of writing time because to make right. that an organic sentence that happened in a way that i didn't feel like the show was pausing for like a moment moment but instead right. you know she like step aside for a soliloquy it right. Was it, it was within it, the show. It was yeah. within the show. It was an organic thing because she had to explain to her friends and the diviner had to let her explain to her friends, right? Uh, like there was no moment there that felt like it was forced. Uh and he also, you know, dangles the carrot of like I'll tell you the truth. You can come learn everything you need to know about your people and the truth. Um Yeah, I don't know about that. But, but well, the the carrot was We'll there. find out. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously not. I loved uh they finally, you know, switch sides, they change ships, uh they enact their plan, they're trying to get to the miners. Dreadnought reprograms Janeway. 
I know, and she turns into evil goth Janeway. I, I was this, like, like, she's got black lipstick. <laughs> oh man, that was like a visu- visual representation of yeah. of her. Like, all right, we're gonna it's Janeway with it's some darker evil, hair and dark literally uniform like, and black lipstick. I could picture the con exclusive variant blister pack of evil Janeway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good that was a nice touch. Yeah. And uh yeah, then uh the twist at the end of the episode is that they're flying away and all of a sudden there's no protocore. We right, we learn that uh the the crew anticipated this betrayal and good for them for figuring that out. A lot of other shows don't do that and it's kind of frustrating to watch sometimes like you talked about. Yeah. And they anticipated it and have outsmarted him, which is one of my favorite things in I love it when when yeah, the, con, the baby. good guys smart yeah they they know that the i i refer to it as that that superman 2 moment yeah so when superman knows that lex luther's gonna betray him so he tells luther to to try and get the zod and everybody into the chamber and then but he knows luther's gonna betray him so he switches it and uh luther does betray him and so he goes into the chamber and is okay while the while their powers are taken out outside I, any kind of situation like that where the good guy knows that he's going to be betrayed and plans for it and outsmarts the bad guy yeah. anyway. I always refer to that as the Superman 2 moment. And so this was definitely that. I mean, it definitely uh, it definitely is one of my favorite moments of that that uh, Thor, that, that Thor movie, the third one, right? Where Yeah. <laughs> right? Where Loki tries to betray Thor again and he's just like, Loki, man, this is <laughs> this is like you do this. Every time, like, how would yeah. you not think I would get off the carousel at some point, my man? You know? Yeah, yeah, it's very but, good. Yeah, so they because it, and it is... finally explains to you why Murph was put in the show at all. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's a funny. Like, I feel like even without even without this, they've had plenty of times when Murph was Murph's Murph's comedy. So yeah, like, he's a when little they bit beam him to the, the other side of the ship, yeah, the and, and in the in the time episode where she goes and she's like all right i know exactly what i need to do i just need to go to this time who's here oh it's murph oh, yeah, no. <laughs> i think it's smart I, re- I think it's really smart yeah. to have a character you can put in the show that can be the butt of a joke that doesn't make someone feel like they're making fun of them yeah right because he's not yeah, a dog he's smarter than a dog but also he's dumber than a dog yeah uh, yeah so murph because he's indestructible has swallowed the core the protodrive core which is i think it's cool that he can he's some sort of weird dimensional pocket that he can fit stuff inside of him and he resizes it yeah i'm 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 interested to find out more about murph's murph's species and whatnot but yeah so they take the and they they were able to to smuggle it out because they they made a second zero suit to, to make yeah a second suit like zero wears that Murph climbed inside of and, and with little, the glowing reactor yeah. and Murph inside there looked at close enough that they didn't notice that it wasn't zero and well, they beamed zero down. Once the shields went down, they beamed the real zero down. Yeah. Well, they them. lowered them. So they, they come in, right? Expecting yeah. the diviner expects them to like come in weapons down, shields lowered. So it was smart. The show shows you. That's the thing that I liked the most is the show shows you. Oh, hey, lower the shields. And and in the moment, you're like, oh, they have to lower the shields because the diviner. But no, they lowered the shields because they were beaming down zero 
ahead of time. Yeah. And it was like, wow, that was really smart. They tricked me. Like, I didn't even see that trick in the show. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because, like, in that moment, you realize they're not forgetting things or they're not, not using things. So, like, when the episode 10 starts and they can't figure out how to get everybody on to the uh, Z, what is it called? The Z, the 13, the, the diviner's ship. Um, yeah i don't remember what it's called but yeah it starts with some z or r or something anyway uh they're running around and like from the very first episode they bring back a joke where doll shows up to talk to people and the, he's wearing a com badge and it's got the shortwave translator on it and the miners are like whoa 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 i can understand you i can understand you i can understand you Doll's like, yeah, I've got a translator. Listen up. And they're like, no, 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 hold on. I've got a lot to say. I haven't been able to talk for years. Yeah. And that, that bringing back a moment from nine episodes ago, right, was really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I really quickly looked it up on Memory Alpha, and it looks like his ship is called the Rev-12. Rev-12. There you go. Rev-12. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, it, we probably won't see it again, so it doesn't matter. Aren't they still in it? no the the no i mean i mean the miners like, are in so, it yeah that's what yeah. i'm yeah yeah but i don't think we're seeing the miners again janeway's little uh hollow log at the end kind of basically says and they're out there somewhere yeah i i don't know i i would be surprised if we don't ever run into them again although i don't think that we're gonna see them as often i don't think we'll i don't but, think we'll run into them again i mean i i bet you they'll show up and save the day at some point in his right. ship okay all right I'll take that bet. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, they need to... So, the Diviner leaves in the Protostar, not realizing that the core is gone. He blows up the the power and the that they have to restore. So, like, all the artificial gravity is off and they're all floating around. And eventually they'll die, I assume, because the oxygen will probably float away. Well, so, they, yeah. So, they said point. that the shield will go down and then they'll all suffocate. Yeah. And so they they need to get the power back on, and at, at at that point, then the diviner realizes that the core is missing, and so he has to go back to get it. Uh, and then he realizes that Gwen has betrayed him, and I'm doing air quotes there because like, <laughs> can you blame her? And like, like he basically took her as a prisoner. She tries to attack him with the that like liquid metal uh, sentient yeah sentient, sentient liquid metal, metal thing yeah. and then we learn that because he gave it to her he can override her control of it and he ties yeah, her up cool. with it yeah and then so he's on his way back uh then we learn that that uh murph's got the core zero beam down ahead of time zero gives them all their their little jetpacks they fly down uh they A free lot. the miners yeah yeah the miners realize that they can all talk to each other now that was cool. Um, which we get that that really funny scene of the two miners, like you know, like this touching moment, and then Doll's like, "All right, we got to go," and so he's just like, pushing them. <laughs> two, two of the miners <laughs> are gonna like profess their love for each other, and yeah. Doll's like, "Come on, knock it off. We got to go." Yeah, and then uh, so they're gonna they're gonna use the Rock Talk and Jankum are gonna use the core to basically jumpstart the power to get, turn the power back on i love this part of the scene where so do i i i, I, I uh yeah i was going to talk about that so we get to the part where rock talk is holding the door so uh the diviner comes back turns the the sentry <laughs> used, droids the back diviner on. uses his dreadnought remote control to turn the sentry droids yeah. back on 
And then they're at the door trying to get in to uh, stop or kill Jankum and Rocktalk, who are there to try it because they're the engineers to try and fix the power. Right. And Rocktalk's holding the door shut and Jankum's trying to figure out how to fix it. And this is the point at which we, we it becomes really clear that Jankum's a mechanic and Rocktalk's an engineer. And she says a bunch of stuff like, well, why don't we just do this? And then Rock Talk's like, new plan. I'll hold the door. You do all of that <laughs> yeah, stuff. Jank- Jankum's it- like, yeah, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So you, you do it. <laughs> yeah. And and all of that, those months or years that, that Rock Talk spent learning how to do all this stuff is uh, comes back to pay, pay off now because now she's able to figure out how to fix the get the power back on the gravity comes back on and then uh dreadnought beams into the room and i wrote down man i wish dreadnought was cooler yeah well and dreadnought is dreadnought's fighting with them and then the power's back on and the door opens and now we get one of my favorite moments from the show and one of my favorite moments from anything that they ever put this in the slave uprising yeah because the all the miners are freed they've they've had their their shackles taken off and they are able to overpower him and that little little kid the kitten the kitten comes up and decapitates him with with her claws hyper claws yeah. or whatever they are yeah i just Which, i uh, yeah, i don't I mind in scene. a kids i don't mind it it's a kids show the bad guy they have to show the bad guys losing definitely um, and there's always a chance Dreadnought could come back, right? You mentioned that Dreadnought is probably part of the virus. Um, yeah. I would believe what? that, especially because he's such a cool sounding character and looking character. And we don't have a bad guy at the end of this. Um, I could see his return, but it just feels like he maybe he was just shackled by the diviner, right? He he was so loyal yeah. that he just didn't have the the weird thing to say considering we're talking about how the fact that he had you know he was the slave master but saying take the take the chains off you know take the take the restrictors off that's a better way to say it yeah um might yeah, be the case I, I, in the future I would not, yeah i would not be surprised if if we get another one obviously there can be more than one so <laughs> uh, there's, there's probably a backup somewhere yeah yeah there sure can be um then is this after this scene that we get the reveal between gwen and uh because uh he beams the protocore off off while they're fighting dreadnought yeah right so dreadnought they say uh murph comes out and the the core has been beamed out of murph and they figure out that it's because dreadnought gave the coordinates yeah. transmitted the coordinates to the diviner on the protostar so he beamed him out and and then we learn that that janeway was fooling him this whole time and that Gwen yeah. had had altered her programming so that that uh Dreadnought and the Diviner couldn't reprogram her. Which means she, which she means was just playing e- along to, to Which means him. that evil Janeway was a uh a, a creation of regular Janeway. She saw herself yeah. looking like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty funny. Uh, I did have a note D- do we ever do we know why like obviously, there's something. Do we know why the diviner needs to have those tubes, but Gwen doesn't? Um, Do we ever get like a definitive? Is I he injured, or I think it what? has to do with his reveal. 
that's my guess. I they don't really explain it. Obviously, um, it could be that he's just really old. It could be that he's injured, but they don't explain. And I kind of liked that they didn't really need to. But when they break yeah. the pipes on him, he definitely struggles. Yeah. Um, and he was well, in like and, a back to tank early on in the show, if you remember. Yeah. 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 No, I I I remembered that. So clearly something's. Something's wrong with him. But I didn't, I didn't I th- remember if they had mentioned, no, if they, they had explicitly didn't. said why he was, why no. Gwen was mm. able to be fine, but he wasn't. So no, that, I'm that sorry. Makes sense. But yeah, so we learned that Vonacot is his race. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They go to the Vonacot homeworld. Uh, well, sort of on the holodeck. He takes him to the holodeck. Yeah. So <laughs> and that, that that sort of brings me to my point at the end. Like, can we actually trust anything that he's saying to her? Uh, I guess I guess we'll find out, but yeah. uh, like, does that, it, does any of this actually happen? Is he actually telling the truth, or is he just trying to? Did he just make this up, make up this story? Like he made up the story about what had happened to their people previously, yeah, and told her. Like, is he just making up a new story to try and rope her along and con her again? I think it's a cool, it's a cool story this time around. Of like. Hey, yeah. uh, and it's a story that isn't new if you've watched a lot of sci-fi, especially like Stargate. Um, right. Stargate had a lot of time, and so they dealt with this type of thing where it's like first contact on some worlds causes civil war. <laughs> right. Yeah. And definitely uh, there were multiple episodes dealing with one of the planets in Stargate that they had accidentally caused this problem, and they tried to fix it, and they tried to fix it. And so Starfleet shows up on the Vonacot planet, uh, and accidentally causes a civil war between the people that are like, hey, aliens are cool, and the other people that are like, no, you'll change our culture too much. Yeah, the uh, isolationists and the pro-Federation people have a civil war, destroy their society, and so we learn that the that the Diviner's ultimate plan is he wants to get the Protostar so that he can take it to the back to the core of the of Starfleet and upload a virus that will turn all of the Starfleet's technology against them and wipe them out. Yeah. I wondered for a second if they were trying to connect it to the, um, dilithium, right? Wasn't it dilithium that exploded in discovery? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, Oh man, is this, is this like, is this related to the burn somehow? Yeah. I thought that would have been pretty cool to try and connect, but it's not the right timeline. Yeah, or the or the yeah that or the it's kind of like uh, season two uh, where they've got the it's the AI the, the AI, yeah the AI that's gonna wipe everybody out. So, it, um, I think the problem we're discovering is that Discovery and Picard have tried too many things, and therefore anything can be connected <laughs> to anything that yeah. is galaxy spanning problems. Because why wouldn't it be right? Like yeah. But I'm hoping yep. it's separate and not related and that it's a much smaller thing. I, I, even when they say this is his big plan and it's a huge problem for Starfleet, there's no like, and I will destroy the whole universe. It's, it, his plan yeah. is literally like, I just want to save my people and I'm going to save my people by ending Starfleet. Yeah. Like, okay. And yeah. Right. And then we get, yeah. And so to stop them, uh, Dahl and Zero. Uh, beam back aboard the ship. So the the miners and uh, the the unwanted and the rest of the crew minus oh, Gwyn yeah. steal his ship. The the what did I call it? The Rev Twelve. Yeah. Uh, and chase after him, 
uh, to go save they, Gwen. Yeah, to go save Gwen. They beam Doll and Zero beam aboard, and Gwen is arguing with him. Doll shows up, uh, hilariously tries to attack him, and immediately gets wrapped up in the in the sentient. Uh, malleable metal and and has a great line at something like man i really thought that that i really hope that that was going to go better (laughs) (laughs) or something like that zero shows up and she's uh, pissed yeah it takes off her because she's so mad that uh of how she was treated and used as a weapon in the past she takes off uh her outer coverings and shows her true self to the diviner which uh we learn drives people uh, insane yeah makes him go mad and so doll grabs gwen and uh, it, it very reminiscent of like raiders of the lost ark yeah with, like don't tells look her not to look yeah don't look but she sees a reflection in his com badge for a split second and it has an effect on her and she's like in a coma at the end of this show yeah just based on that just the diviner's rem- completely yeah he's 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 just like she melted his gone brain mad. yeah yeah and so they they leave the diviner on the asteroid uh, just like picking at stuff on the floor, and uh, Gwen. We are left with Gwen in sick bay with Zero, who feels horrible about what happened. Uh, obviously not intent. That wasn't in the the intent of what Zero was doing, but feels horrible about it. And they mentioned that Zero hasn't left her side, and we don't know. We don't know how much this is going to affect. They say Gwen um, going forward. They say. I think you're right about her character in general. Not we don't know what it's going to do to her long term. They say though that she she's mumbling, "We can't go back. We can't go back. We can't go back. We can't." Let's over and over right. and over again. Yeah. Until Zero works on her for so long, trying to get her healed, and then they say that she has no memory of like yeah. anything from that day, basically. Which I think she was the only one who heard the Diviner's plan. She sure was. And so we don't know. If because their their plan now is to go back, we yep. don't know if they just show up if the virus is going to upload automatically or not. Like if somebody yep. has to push a button, or if if they That's, just show up by another Federation ship or by uh by you know Earth, is it just going to automatically go and uh destroy Starfleet? Yeah, so cool. That's twist number two, which I thought was like, whoa, okay. The big twist was like, oh, I'm a time traveler, and then like. They stop him, and you think that's where a normal show like Discovery would be like, aha, we did it. We saved the universe. And then they're yeah. like, no, actually, the only person that can stop him was because uh, the plan's already in place. It just needs to be put in the right place, right? And uh, yeah. the only way to stop him is that we can't take this ship there. Oh, wait, the only person that knows that's memory just got wiped. And it's like, oh, wow, what a good, a good twist. And then yeah. uh, the show gives you one last good one here at the end. Yeah, really. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, we thought Janeway was just a hologram, in the credits, it keeps saying she plays Janeway, and uh, Vice Admiral JJ, Janeway and the USS Dauntless make an appearance at the end here. Yep, going back to save Chakotay's ship. Uh, she saved Chakotay. Yeah. She says well, yeah, that's why. Yeah. They, they, uh, another ship, the USS Dauntless, finds the proto-warp, proto-something signature. Yeah, and every gonna... time they use the the proto drive, the proto star drive, they can uh, they can be tracked. And yeah. clearly, Starfleet is worried about their missing ship, and Janeway is missing worried about the ship and Chakotay. Yeah, and so she is going to go save the day. But will that unwittingly end 
in disaster. Who knows? Yeah. Who can say? Pretty cool. What a cool little show. Yeah. No, it really, it really is. And like I said earlier, I was really, uh, I wish that there, there was an episode 11 that came out this last week. You know, uh, I, I wish that I wish we didn't have to wait so long for the next five episodes. So, yeah, which is a, which is a sign of a good show. I wonder a lot of things too now, right? Is like, okay, there's, there's gotta be more backstory that we didn't get because, you know, the diviner spent a lot of time in that tank and that tank was also used for cloning Gwen. So, Mm -hmm. you know, is there another clone out there that we don't know about? Is Dreadnought coming back? Is the virus a problem? Like there's two characters that are the only ones of their species. So those are, that's cool stories just on their own. Yeah. And what is, you know, what does it mean for these kids? If they, you know, it, are they going to just go join Starfleet and do little adventures? I sure don't think so. Yeah. Although I did kind of wonder, um, they're still in the Delta quadrant, right? Yeah. The, uh-huh. So is, is real Janeway in the Delta quadrant? Like, wouldn't it take her decades to get to them? <laughs> it feels like <laughs> if it she's should. in, if she's in the alpha quadrant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess unless she has a proto drive. Well, the proto too, drive. Uh, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the proto star can travel at nine nine seven. I'll just without the proto drive. So, right. But I mean, so my my whole point was Jane. Real Janeway says, "Let's go to the last spot that that they used it." Yeah. Would it if that spot was in the Delta Quadrant? Wouldn't it take them forever to get there? Because yeah. I'm assuming that her ship doesn't have the protostar drive or some other way. I mean, I guess. Unfortunately, this is how a board. teaser works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess they could use at this point. Maybe they could they they can use the um, the Borg uh, transwarp conduits. Maybe the Dauntless maybe. is shaped funny. I don't know if it's shaped that way to look like the old Voyager, but it's got like n- low nacelles and all that sort. Maybe there's something going on there that I don't either remember or. Oh yeah, it is. It's it's shaped it's shaped kind of funny. Yeah, uh, uh, it's kind of shaped like an arrowhead. Yeah, and it's got like low nacelles. Um, yeah. It might be based on like another thing that we're not remembering. Hey, podcast at weweregamers.com. So, you know, if you if you think that it's a thing. Oh, okay. So I'm at Memory Alpha. Oh, okay. The, the Dauntless was designed by the Arturus species, and it employs a quantum slipstream drive. Oh, so they can go in transport. Which is faster than, than Starfleet Warp. Yeah. So that's, that's how she's going to get there. Quantum slipstream, huh? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even remember that one. I just like I said, this uh this show is directly a sequel to Voyager. Yeah, so uh yeah, so they uh they used um that technology was uh in Voyager. They scanned the ship and used that. They reverse engineered it. Uh that I think that that's how they got back. Mm-hmm. Oh no, wait. It ultimately failed, but they did have the technology scanned. Well, so, maybe they figured it out later. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, so I guess that's I guess that's uh but yeah, this this show definitely has a lot of with between Janeway and Chicote and now the Dauntless, there's there's quite a bit in here about 
uh, from and the, the Kazon in the very first episode. There's a lot <laughs> in here from Voyager. A lot of Voyager yeah. love in this show. Yeah, not not a lot of um, TNG references. A few tiny references to other stuff, but definitely a yeah. lot of a lot more than I thought. Of like, oh, remember this from Voyager? Like, no, I I I I didn't rewatch Voyager more than one time. I don't think. Maybe I have to. I don't think so. But crazy. What a great show. Yeah. What a great little show. It really is. Yeah. I didn't expect to like it nearly this much. I definitely know. I definitely know its shortcomings, right? Its shortcomings are it's a Nickelodeon show. Right. Its shortcomings are it's 22 minutes. Its shortcomings are it's made somewhat for kids. But wow, you watch episodes like, um, what was the, the horror episode Terra Firma? Yeah. Right? Or episodes nine and 10. And you're like, this show is not, not really for kids all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, it's one of those Nickelodeon shows where it's accessible. Like it's not for little, little kids. Yeah. It's definitely, but, you, uh, you nailed it when you said tweens, but for, yeah. for the, anyone that age, they haven't watched Voyager, which is crazy. So like, that's the thing that gets right. me about this. It's made for kids yeah. that haven't seen the show that it is now heavily referencing. Yeah. What but, a deal. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, no, it, it it really is. I'm, but it's also like even though it's aimed at at uh, that that that's their target demographic, it's still written in such a way that it can be enjoyable for parents and grownups to go watch. And uh, I I really like what they've done with the show. I'm I am I'm sad that we have to wait for more episodes. I'm eager for more episodes. Uh, I I'm really enjoying I, the show because yeah it, it's I, I, love I, it. I feel like they, they they have done a really good job uh, writing and rewriting this show and uh, tying it into the existing universe and making it really an enjoyable show to watch. I was left at the end thinking, oh my gosh, I can show this to my seven year old. I think it's safe. I, so I really do. I, yeah, I have not. I have not tried to uh, uh, because, I, like I said, this is this is aimed at a much older demographic. Yeah. Uh, m- my daughter is four, That's and uh, so I have not tried to encourage her to watch this. But she has come, you know, into the into the family room while I've been watching it, and she has sat down and watched it. And she has, uh, it hasn't. She she uh, um. Uh, she gets this from me. Uh, when I was a little kid, I was I was uh, easily scared, or okay. uh, if 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 situations get too intense, uh, I I had trouble watching them, sure. and uh, that that happens for her a lot, uh, even with like Disney stuff. That happens um, to my four year old too. Yeah, and and so when we're gonna watch something, if it's not like you know Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or something where I know it's not gonna be an issue, but like if we're watching Moana or something like that. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure that I tell her, you know, um, let me know if this is too scary. Uh, you know, and, and we can, we can always stop watching it and come back to it later. And I always say that a couple times cause she gets, she gets kind of nervous and sucks on her thumb and stuff. And, and, uh, she, she has watched many parts of episodes of this and, and she's actually asked to watch more Star Trek. And this is what she means. Cause this is the only, right. I guess when she was like a newborn, we watched, uh, 
when because i'd stay up at night with her and watch voyager episodes um <laughs> so i guess she's technically watched most of voyager but uh <laughs> um but she, she probably knows. doesn't remember that yeah but she she uh she would uh if because I, I would get up and watch it in the morning before work and before the kids hopefully before the kids would wake up and sometimes she'd wake up early and come out and watch it with me and she enjoyed watching the episodes of prodigy and would even ask uh if she could watch star trek so yeah i think that it's i i won't say it's like a all ages thing because no. there's definitely some stuff that's um aimed that like she doesn't she doesn't get a lot of the stuff in the show and i do no. think that there are some some moments of very tense moments mm-hmm. and some some scary moments but uh but yeah it's definitely not something that i would immediately try and turn off if she wandered into the room like i just don't a lot of other I shows even, i don't even think i remember them using a phaser you know what i mean like it's it's a show that seems to take into account that yeah there's all this stuff in the star trek universe you could use you could be discovery and shoot everybody every episode and everything could explode all the time and that's the star trek universe you could be in but really it's it's not that show it's not about that and it it focuses on enjoyable moments even for kids right and yeah, I think at seven she would be easily ready for it, and I really, honestly, I kind of want to show it to her for the experience of watching her watch it and get to this episode at the end and be like, "What do you? Who's this Admiral Janeway?" Right? Because yeah. that must be a huge reveal for kids, where you're like, "What do you mean this hologram's a real person?" Yeah. Because we all knew ahead of time she was based on Captain at the time, probably, but Admiral Janeway. But yeah. if they've never seen it, Voyager, it's a it's a gateway show, uh, yeah. which is so so smart of them because they're doing it on purpose because they're gonna get they're gonna get new viewers mm-hmm. for old content. Who, yeah, kids who are watching Nickelodeon. Eventually, this will show up on Nickelodeon. Uh, kids who are watching Nickelodeon will see this show. They'll be like, "Who is this Janeway?" And then they'll go to Pretty much every streaming app seems to have uh, the 90s syndicated Star Trek series. Which is smart. And so, yeah. And they can go and they can watch Voyager and then they can and then they can be like, all right, I'm going to watch Next Gen and I'm going to watch Deep Space. And then so, it, yeah, it's it's a smart it's a smart move on their part. And like I said in the last podcast, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of surprised that they didn't do this in the 90s to try and that they didn't have a cartoon because there were so many cartoons of everything in the nineties. And because Star Trek was so big in the nineties, I'm kind of surprised that, that they didn't make a cartoon in the nineties to try and get some younger viewers into Star Trek at that time. Like in retrospect, it seems odd that they didn't even attempt to make a cartoon in the nineties aimed at kids. Yeah. I love it. I'm excited for whenever it comes back and, uh, Gosh, I don't, I I don't think there's much more to say. Even though I wish I could talk about it all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of really good stuff. I'm excited for where the story is going. Um, I like the crew. I'm excited to see how things go. Um, I think we'll know, get some what, new crew what new adventures they get. I think that they've defined some of these people well enough that we'll probably start to get a few new crew members next year. 
So well, they can always pick too. somebody up along the way, yeah. uh, kind of like they did with, you know, like seven of nine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, pick somebody up and it's add a, a crew member here. It's a big they're, ship. They're, they're a ship of orphans, literally uh, the unwanted. So uh, they can always uh, pick up a few other strays here Delta and there. Delta Quadrant seemed full of that type. Yeah. Well, yeah, and so many, so many opportunities to run into some of the aliens that Dude. we saw in Voyager. So many of those are going to start to come back, and I'm going to be like, "Oh yeah," when I look them up, you know. Yeah. And then eventually, maybe the Borg. Definitely a. I don't know um, for a kids show though. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, that they might, they might not want to just because the Borg are so scary. They might not want to do that. Maybe in a if couple they did, years. They did. Yeah, they'd have to they'd have to be real careful with how they because of the they have to make it not they'd have to not really talk about the Borg uh, capturing and and, you know, turning people into Borg. I could Um, see them using like a Borg cube and not actually showing the Borg. Yeah, or or at least at least not going into like. We're gonna capture you, beam you back to our ship, and dissect you. You know, yeah. Turn, put in a whole bunch of, you know, but cut off most of your body and replace it with Borg parts and I'm turn just, you into a mindless zombie. Just putting it out there. The Borg love diversity, and you've got two sh- two aliens on this ship that nobody knows what they are. It's true. So it's like prime Borg meat, right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that would be something that would be hard to. It's hard they'd have to. They'd have to be real careful because it is a kids' show. Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't see it, uh, but it would be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, podcast. WeWereGamers.com. Uh, send us your thoughts. What you liked, what you didn't. We can tell you why you're wrong about what you didn't like. <laughs> 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 no, it's a good show. It's a uh, much much of a su- surprise for me. I, I I thought going into it, I would like it in the Nickelodeon vein, and I like it more than that. Yeah, by, I'm. By I lot. am. I I was looking forward to the show. Uh, I I was. I had hopes that I would like it. I did not expect to like it this much. I did yeah. not think that I was going to be enjoying it. I didn't think that I was going to be getting up early, a half an hour early on Thursday mornings to to watch the show. <laughs> Good for you. I yeah. just stay up later. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, uh, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, sure. No, it was it was fun to um, talk some Prodigy. It was cool not you. to go on the Prodigy journey alone. Also, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, As, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully, some people listen to this and uh, are encouraged to go check it out, and they also discover a love of Prodigy. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. I. It's not a journey you should go on alone, is what maybe they teach you in that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Get your crew together. <laughs> <laughs>